The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Rev. Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank all of you for joining us today. We're really glad that you're listening, and we know we've got listeners uh, across the U.S., uh, in Canada, and Ireland, and New Zealand, and around the world. So thank you for joining us. Uh, We're loving being a part of the recovery community and the spiritual community. We love talking about recovery and how it's such a spiritual process. We love hearing from you, so we hope that later in our program today, in the second and third segments, that you'll email us, we'll get your email during the program, or that you'll call in with a question or a comment uh, for our guest today. And my guest today is Billy J. She is going to be talking with us about the family afterward, and uh, she's a person that's got almost 40 years of recovery as a family member in a 12-step program. So in just a moment here, we'll... Uh, hear what Billy has to share with us about her spiritual walk and the many things that she's learned in her process of recovery. Every week we do talk about topics that are important to the recovery community and our guests are always people who are down to earth, who are knowledgeable and who are innovative. They're people who are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people, sometimes all three. And we always bring you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking and that enrich your life. And if you are a person in recovery, that enrich your recovery process. I want you to know that Spirit of Recovery is a very welcoming place, that recovery is a large tent, and so if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of addiction, or if you're a family member who's in your own recovery as a family member, or you're a family member or friend of somebody that has the disease of alcoholism or other addiction, whether or not that person's in recovery, or if you're simply someone who's looking for information, you just want to learn more about the process of recovery, we welcome you here at our program. We welcome your you as a listener and also your participation in our discussions. So we want you to know that uh, Spirit of Recovery is uh, a welcoming place and that everybody um, is welcome to be here. We're glad that you're here. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I am your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity Minister, and I'm also trained in addictions counseling. I'm a person who has in my circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. And almost 30 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and recovery and spiritual development. And ever since then, my spiritual path has been an integration of unity principles and recovery principles. That's a walk that has been and is deeply satisfying to me and keeps transforming my life and keeps me growing. So I'm really grateful and very delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you, our listeners, and also to hear what you're experiencing in your spirituality and your recovery walk. On every show here at Spirit of Recovery, we do give away a recovery book. These books are donated to us by Hazelden Foundation. It's a nonprofit foundation 
Their website is www.hazelden.org. And we're very thankful to Hazelden for donating these books to us. The book that we're going to be uh, giving away today is called The Lois Wilson Story, When Love is Not Enough. And this is by Bill Borchert. And this book happens to be an autographed copy. It's autographed by Bill Borchert. So uh, you can go ahead and email us right now if you want to or call in and put your name in for the drawing. Or you can call or email in later in the program and we'll put your name in for the drawing today of this book. And I do get your emails during the show. So uh Again, it's a great book, The Lois Wilson Story, When Love is Not Enough, and it is an autographed copy. So today, our topic is the family afterward, and my guest is Billy Jay, and uh, we're so glad that she's here with us today. She has almost 40 years of family recovery in a 12-step program for families of those that have the disease of alcoholism. Billy is also an author. She's a spiritual teacher, and she is a member of a Unity Church. Billy has lots of wisdom that she has gained over her 40 years. She has uh, started out living with active alcoholism in her home, and now for many, many years has, has lived with sobriety in her home. And so she knows a lot about uh, what it's like as a family member to live in those different situations And she knows what it is to work a program of recovery and what a difference that makes uh, to family members and how it changes everything, whether or not the person with the disease of alcoholism is still drinking or not. The family members can have a a high quality of life as they work a program. So, Billy, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really glad that you're here. Well, hello, and I am glad that I'm here. You're very kind to tell people all about me, all those all those nice things about me. Um, I'm not sure that's all there is to me, but that's okay. We're going to pretend like it is. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't really know where to start. Well, tell us about your spiritual life. I know that that's really important to you, and, and it's... And something that you've pursued for many years, both in a 12-step program and also in unity and in in other ways. So why is your spiritual life so important to you? Uh, I can't really answer that. It seems like it's always been important to me. And from time to time, I've had strong spiritual experiences. But before I um, got into the 12-step way, uh, God was afar off. I call my higher power God. And and I, I didn't quite lose touch, but almost, because life was happening, and it was like I and my family, we were going on a downward spiral. When I got to a 12-step program, though, and started working the steps, that 11th step sought through prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact with God as I understood him asking only for his knowledge and the power to carry that out. That that was like a neon light to me. And so I believe that the steps are to be worked in order and taken in order except for the 11th step. I've been told, and it was my experience, that I could work that step from the beginning. So when I did start working that step in particular, along with the first three steps, perhaps I would say, I I started having more experiences and I started feeling like I was in God's presence again and that I was God's beloved child again. Um, My story is somewhat like yours in that I work an integral program with both Unity and my 12-step program and both are very, very important to me. I had a a really strong 11th step experience when uh, my mother-in-law, whom I love dearly, and we've been married quite a long time, was ill with cancer. And and I I desperately wanted her to see my husband sober before she died. I knew that... uh, I knew that she... That was a that hurt her heart that our family was not in well we were close to a divorce and 
what happened was that I was in prayer one day, and the light from the kitchen window started becoming more obvious that there was light coming in, like a strong sunlight, and it surrounded me. And it was just a wonderful presence, and and it seemed to say, now it didn't, and I didn't hear any voices or anything, but it was like strong thoughts or, or a, a type of a voice that said, you are very loved. You are my beloved child. Your mother will not cross the river until everything is so much better. Trust me. Trust me. And left me with that message of trust me, which of course gave me another jump start in in my program. So it, after a while... Uh, my husband did quit drinking and uh, found unity. Now, I was teaching Sunday school. I was very happy in my other church. And I was really a little put out that he wanted me to go to this new church, which I'd never... Well, I had heard of it because a friend knew we were in trouble as a family and had sent us the daily words. So we had been subscribed to by her for a year or so. So I heard heard about it, and I liked it, and I thought that it was a hand-in-glove with my 12-step program. So we, I went with him to Unity and fell in love again, just like falling in love with my 12-step program. And that started it. It was just... Uh, I, I was... I don't want to say in love with God, but I, I was in love with the idea of being loved again, being shown a path of living that would lead to wonderful things. It's interesting that as a, as a, you said your spiritual life was always important to you, maybe as a child, but then life happened and you know things weren't so great and you kind of got away from it got away from your sense of spirituality. Do you think that God left you during those dark times? Oh, no. I prayed every night. (laughs) And I knew my Bible well from my childhood religion. So, uh, no, I I was not, I didn't feel, I was just mad at him. And I called it a him. Now I call it him, her, it, love, dementia. It's just a greater than this. I know now that God is greater than that there's God is a dimension that is greater than whatever our challenge is, whatever is going on. God is whatever I need at the time. But I didn't know that then. I just called God He, and I was really angry with Him. And I would talk to Him in an angry way. And I would pray, I believe, help thou mine unbelief, show me something. Uh, and I would say, you've promised, let not your heart be troubled. And my heart is troubled. What's going on? So those were sort of my prayers in those days. Mm-hmm. So did they feel like they were hitting the ceiling or that they got through? Oh, I felt close to God at different times in church. I always loved the church service, the reverence, and and I would feel close to God there. But then when I got to my 12-step program, they said, start saying thank you to God. Every stoplight, say thank you for something. And so I would, I started doing that. And uh, pretty soon, even though things were not wonderful in the home, I started feeling better. And guess what? When I started feeling better, things got better all around me. It seemed very selfish to me and self-centered to say, put yourself first. I had a friend who talked about a cake, that that life was a cake, and that lots of us gave away all the cake, and maybe there'd be a crumb left for us, or maybe we'd have a teeny slice left for us, and that was okay because we were givers. It was good to be givers, and that's what we were taught. But in this other way, we were to take the first cake the first piece of the cake to make sure that we were uh, 
fulfilled, fulfilled that we were that we had something that we could make another cake and another cake and another cake that we had something to give to other people. I didn't understand that philosophy for a long time. That God wanted us to give from the overflow. That we had nothing to give from an empty cup. And my cup was pretty empty. But when I, and and actually, my family started calling me selfish and self-centered when I first started changing. They didn't like it. Things got worse in the beginning. But after a while, they got better. The kiddos started bringing people home. And I remember I had a special dessert night every Friday night. And so the kids started asking friends over to spend the night because it was special dessert night. (laughs) Mm -hmm. How did you hang in there when your family... Uh, criticized you and said you were being selfish. What gave you the courage to keep it up? I had a wonderful sponsor. <laughs> I did. I had a wonderful sponsor that was, uh, a, I didn't think she was like me. I thought she was the opposite of me. But she taught me to become more like her. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for that. I would call her and she would laugh. And I would run down the latest whatever it was, but that would make me mad or sad. And she would laugh. And then she would uh, tell me that she understood, and then we would go from there. But she would tell me to keep on keeping on, that this was a way that many, many people had found serenity and sobriety. And uh, so that's what I did. I listened to her. Addiction and alcoholism really isolates people. It isolates the family. Family's ashamed. They're all upset and preoccupied, you know, with what's going on. Obviously, the person that's got the disease of alcoholism is isolated and and what's going on with them. But what you just described about recovery is that it's it's about making relationships. It's about getting in community. Well, we had not totally become isolated. We had become somewhat isolated, but I had, as I said, I was teaching Sunday school, and we had a group of friends at Sunday school that uh, we were all sort of rebels against authority, so to speak, and we questioned and we thought for ourselves, and I don't think we were really what you might call self-actualized people, but we were going in that direction, and they hung with us. So we did have something uh, to go with, and we were all seeking God. We were all seeking a way of spirituality that suited our souls. Now, they didn't go over with us when we got to unity, but we're still friends with them today, so they respect us and regard the way we've gone uh, because it's made us happy. It's been content. It's helped fulfill us. It truly has been spiritually fulfilling. So you've always been seeking and and following your path in one way or the other? Always, always. The first year that I was in my 12-step program, I read 36 books because I was certainly going to research what was going on. I didn't know how to parent because I didn't feel like I had been parented well. So all the time the children were growing up, I was reading and going to school and taking classes and and trying to do it better, trying to learn how to do it. But thank goodness with between unity and the 12-step path, that's a rule book for good living. Billy, thanks so much. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll start with the Serenity Minute. We'll just have a brief moment to focus on a constructive thought, and then Billy and I will keep talking about the family afterward. Give us a call at 888-55-UNITY or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We'll be right back. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. This programming is made possible through the generous love offerings of listeners like you. 
If you feel spiritually fed by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Do you sometimes feel as though the door to happiness has closed and there's no other door in sight? In her book, Ask Yourself This, Unity Minister Wendy Craig Purcell reminds us that Everything happens for a reason. We've all experienced situations which felt like anything but good. We may have lost our job or gone through a divorce or experienced some other dark night of the soul. Yet those very experiences, when met spiritually, can lead us to a much greater good. The lost job can be what finally motivates us to discover the work that truly feeds our soul. The ending of a marriage can trigger us to do the emotional healing and personal growth work we've been avoiding for years. Every one of us can look back at negative or painful experiences in our lives and say that they turned out to be the best, worst things that ever happened to us. For more insight from Wendy Craig Purcell, read Ask Yourself This from Unity House Books. If you're focused on getting the right answers, Ask Yourself This emphasizes the importance of asking the right questions. Order your copy today at www.unity.org. What if everything on the big TV screen of life could be interpreted metaphysically? What do current events and popular culture signal back to the collective soul of nations and individuals? Join us every Friday for New World Radio. Bringing Unity's teachings to the issues of today. The Reverend Laura Barrett Bennett and her weekly guest Christopher Naughton take you on a holistic worldview journey with special guests, real issues, and your phone calls and comments. New World Radio with Reverend Laura Barrett Bennett. Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, Call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're listening with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is the family afterward. And my guest is Billy J. Billy has almost 40 years of recovery as a family member in a 12-step program for families of those who have the disease of alcoholism. She's an author, a spiritual teacher, a unity member, and just a great person. So she's sharing lots of wisdom that, uh, with us that she's gotten through her years and through her spiritual search. But before Billy and I continue our conversation, I invite you to join me as we take just a moment to center ourselves in a peace of mind, in a constructive idea, in our Serenity Minute. So I invite you to join me right now in focusing on this constructive idea as we relax, allow our minds to rest, and to be open and refreshed. Join me in this idea. I open my mind and heart to my higher power's love. I relax in love. I open my mind and my heart to my higher power's love. I relax in love. We take just a moment to listen to the music and let ourselves be refreshed by our higher power's love. Thank you for joining me in this Serenity Minute. And I trust that you are refreshed, that you're renewed, and that your heart's a little more open to that love that's who you are and that's all around you. We're back now with my guest, Billy J., talking about the family afterward. And this is a great time 
time to give us a call at 888-55-UNITY or you can send us an email at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm and I will get your emails right now so if you've got a comment or a question for Billy um, she'd be happy to respond to that and also when you call or email in we put your name in for the drawing for the book and the book that we're giving away today is Lois Remembers it's uh, when love excuse me that's not the correct title the title is The Lois Wilson Story Love is Not Enough it's by Bill Borchert donated by Hazelden Foundation, and it is an autographed copy. The author has autographed it. So call or email in to get your name in for the drawing of that book. So, Billy, you've written a book about angels, and you told us a story earlier in the segment here about an experience of light, and maybe you call that an angel. What led you to write about angels? You've got a collection of stories of other people having experiences with angels. One Mother's Day, uh, both the kiddos were home with their uh, spouses. We have a son and a daughter, so we have a son-in-law and a daughter-in-law. And now each of them have three children, so we have six grandchildren. But at the time that this was happening, they didn't have children yet, and they were both here in Dallas. Uh, One at that time lived a 1,000 miles to the east and the other a 1,000 miles to the west. And uh, so it was a big deal that they were home for for Mother's Day. And we took a lot of pictures, and I wanted to finish off the roll, so I took a picture of our then dog, who was a cute little brown poodle, just cute as he could be. And so I took a picture of him. And then when the roll came back, I focused on the kids' pictures, and and I I barely looked at the little dog picture. But my daughter happened to come back through town on business, and she wanted to see the pictures, and she focused in on the dog picture, and she said, there is a figure in the tree. We had a crepe myrtle tree there on the deck in the backyard where Jake was the little dog, where he was standing. And I looked, and it did appear to be kind of a fuzzy, hazy-type feminine picture, figure. We happened to be going to Hawaii. We've been on a lot of trips. The uh, we, We've just been so fortunate to see so many different, to have so many different 12-step friends in so many different 12-step places. And we were going to Hawaii and uh, with some friends to go meet some more friends. And there was a very spiritual man, I forget what they're called, uh, Kahuna, that was there. And I I just on a whim, I was carrying the picture around because I didn't really know what to make of it. I asked him if he would look at a picture of my little dog. And he looked at the picture and he says, oh, I see your dog. And, you know, I don't guess you have him anymore. He's gone to dog heaven, but he's okay, which I did want to know about that too. And then he said, but I also see your amakua. And I said, what is an amakua? And he said, that is a spirit guardian for you. You might want to call her an angel. She's trying to tell you that everything's okay, that your kids are where they need to be, and that they just because they've left home doesn't mean that they don't love you and your husband and that they don't love your, the home you made for them. And everything is all right. Well, of course, that moved me to tears. And... Uh, about that time, somebody else had an angel story, and somebody else had an angel story, and so there I was. I needed to try to get the to compile the stories, and uh, it took a long time. But I did finally get enough that my editor at the time uh, said there was finally. Well, I had so many more that they didn't think were real good stories. They were other kinds of happenings. But we did get enough stories for the book that you may have in your hand, or I know you do have a copy. And uh, and it's been a very sweet time studying about angels and knowing that I have one. They tell us that everybody has at least one that stays with them throughout. And I have found that what uh, 
what the kahuna, that wise man, told me has turned out to be true. The families have been, well, they're just the joy of our lives. And uh, we love them all and we're very blessed and and we're very proud of them all. And, and I think living with the program of the 12-step recoveries that we do uh, has been such a good foundation. We're, we're told we should give our children roots and wings. And we don't particularly like the wings, especially I don't particularly like the wings of that they flew so far away, both of them. But they needed to, and that was good for them. And uh, and it doesn't mean any that our love together is any less. I think the idea of working a 12-step program teaches you how to do a family, how to have relationships. My Again, back to my sponsor, kept telling me over and over and over, Billy, life is about relationships. That's the important thing in life. So learn how to forgive, learn how to let go, learn how to have relationships. Uh, and my, my husband did the same thing. My husband made amends to me for the stress and all the stuff that, uh, that had gone on. I had made amends to him. There's so many different kinds of amends you can make. You can make living amends. You can make uh, written amends. You, they, they tell us that, if possible, we, we want to make direct amends. And that's what I've done with my family of origin and try to keep on top of, of course, our 10th step is continue to take personal inventory. So that's, that's been a wonderful reminder. In fact, I think one of our books tells us whenever we are disturbed, there is something wrong within us. So we look to ourselves to get it sorted out and try to find what's really going on. What's the emotion underneath we think we're mad, but underneath there, there's something else. And to get down into it, uh, only the love is real. And down under anger and sadness and despair, it, it's just love. It may be distorted love, but it's love. You wrote a book about that, about, I believe, using the 12 traditions from the 12-step programs to talk about relationships. Well, it's really important to me. Um, and, and my sponsor made such a big deal about it that I knew it was an important part of the program when I first got here. Uh, with, with also the idea that, uh, that we have more control over, over ourselves, I guess. There's a poem she made me, uh, she asked me, she didn't make me do anything, but she asked me to, uh, memorize it and, and it's so in line with the program and with unity that if I may, may I quote it? Please do. Now that I do it every day, but now watch, I'll, be, I'll forget it. Uh, but it goes like, uh, mind is the power that molds and makes, and I am mind, and evermore I take the tool of thought, and shaping what I will bring forth a thousand joys, a thousand ills. I think in secret it comes to pass. Environment is my looking glass. So that taught me and said to me, Get okay inside. Get centered. Learn how to center yourself. And then what you're sending out. She also gave me a daisy one time. And she said, see this daisy in the center is the nucleus. And that's God. That's your higher power. Every activity you have in the day is is a petal. So when you go out to the pedal, you have touched base with God first. When you go back to the next pedal, you have to go back to the center. So touch base again. Uh, Dr. Curtis, who was the minister at our church before he died, retired and died, always 
talked about that, that he had minute, he had minute prayers. And that at the top of each hour, he talked about thinking about God. Even if you just thought, God, take over. Or God, you're in charge. And I guess that Daisy aspect and that little poem has uh, meant a lot to me. I wish I could do it better. <laughs> you, in your book on loving, you've got, you talk about um, in marriages or in family relationships that the common welfare of the relationship or the common welfare of the family comes first, that that's a healthy relationship depends upon unity. How does that work? That's pretty hard to do, Billy. <laughs> I didn't say it was easy. Oh. <laughs> I said we're trying to do these things. Mm-hmm. And that's what the step says. It, it says mm-hmm. we're trying. I know a lot of, of Unity people, and I'm one of them, uh, tries not to use that word try. But mm-hmm. the step says try. And uh, and that's we're practicing. That's what we're doing. We're practicing. Nobody does it perfectly all the time. And, and I think... Frankly, one reason our marriage has worked, and it's like 56 years old, is that we've never been upset or too upset at the same time. It's, it's either been one of the other of us. One of the other of us could, could get centered, could uh, start thinking straight eventually. <laughs> but we're pretty um, state what we see and how we feel about things. And I think... In a relationship, if you can do that, um, now you can try to be kinder than sometimes we are in close close communications, and we do try to we we do try to do that, try to do that with our children. I wouldn't dream of telling my son-in-law or my daughter-in-law uh, a negative. Uh, and trying to control them in any way. I mean, they may think I do, but I don't. I mean, that's not my motive. And that's what we do is we look at our motives, and certainly not my kids. I think the bottom line is trust. And that's what it is with God. That if we can get to that place of trust, you know, sometimes when it rains, the windshield wipers are going. And one of my friends said, those windshield wipers sing to me and they sing, trust me, trust me, trust me. And I think that's uh, when it starts raining and my windshield wipers go, that's where my mind goes. <laughs> okay, God, one more time. I mean, every, life goes on. Everybody's got challenges. Everybody's got a situation that they don't quite know how it's going to turn out or what is the exact right path to take or words to say. So we're going to trust. And then we're going to say, gosh, I can just hardly wait to see how God works this out. Now, sometimes I say it tongue-in-cheek because, after all, uh, I mean, we're living, we're living this out. We're not pie in the sky or everything's lovely all the time if we're going to try to be honest, authentic people, Right. Right. That's the gift in recovery programs is people are tell like it is in terms of what the facts of life of their lives are, no matter how difficult it is, and at the same time are reaching out for that spirituality to for some power to make it different. So it's not a not about being fake. That's right. Authentic is so important. Authenticity in your in your thoughts, words, and deeds as much as you can. One of the chapters in your book on loving uh, talks about, on my side of the marriage, I mind my own business and surrender with joy. That sounds like a recipe for something good stuff to happen. Well, I don't always surrender with joy, I have to be honest. (laughs) Sometimes I surrender grudgingly, but then later I see that it was the right thing to do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, I think what we had a division 
which I think gets muddied in these marriages uh, these days. Uh, I mean, you could call us old-fashioned in a little bit, in the, uh, a bit that that he uh, worked outside the home, and I worked in the home and did little part-time things like teaching and 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 my. Uh, I loved I love to do things at the church and and try to serve where I can with those aspects. And uh, therefore, he knew what his jobs were, and I knew what my jobs were. We'll be right back. We'll uh, take a short break and come back, and we'll uh, talk some more about the family afterward. Give us a call at 888-55-UNITY or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We'll be right back. Have you ever had moments where your life just seems ordinary? I'm sure at some point we all have. Hi, I'm Jamie Sanders, host of Spirituality Today here on Unity Online Radio. And I want to invite you to join me and Reverend Carla McClellan, along with the music of Bouquet Shoals at Unity Village for the retreat from the ordinary to the extraordinary. During this three-day retreat, you can take a break from the fast pace of life and relax on a sacred container of all as well. Together, we'll build a community of support that will reflect who you truly are. You'll see that nothing is wrong or even needs to be fixed. You'll simply establish clarity about who you are and what life intentions are most meaningful to you. You'll learn skills for manifesting your dreams into physical reality and how to move from the ordinary to living fully an extraordinary life. Together we'll laugh, pray, sing, and spend time in nature and silence as we remove our mask and take authentic action toward living life full throttle. Join us March 17th through the 20th, 2011. To learn more, go to www.unityonline.org and click on Retreat Events or to reserve your space, call 866-34-UNITY. That's 866-348-6489. And you can get a discount on the retreat if you register before February 14th, 2011. Spring break at Unity Village. It's time to come home. Are you searching for some levity and humor on your spiritual path? Then come join us for Unity Happy Hour with your hosts, Ogan and Jim. Each week, these ministerial students from Unity Institute and Seminary have spirited, humorous, and somewhat irreverent discussions about current events, family, culture, and really anything under the sun, set against a backdrop of spirituality and personal growth. So bring your authentic self and join us on Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You can join the discussion now by calling us toll-free at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Now, back to the program. You've been listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is the family afterward, and my guest is Billy J. And Billy has almost 40 years of recovery as a family member in a 12-step program for families and friends of those with the disease of alcoholism. And she's also an author. She's a spiritual teacher. Um, She is a wonderful person full of wisdom. She's uh, a mother and um, is a wife and has lived both with the active disease of alcoholism in her family and also many, many years with sobriety. And Billy works a very strong program and is a spiritual seeker and a spiritual finder. So she's got uh, lots that she's sharing with us about how she grows and, and walks this wisdom path of spirituality. So... 
Billy, you've co-authored a book about the women pioneers in 12-step recovery, um, both the women, the early women in Alcoholics Anonymous and the women in Al-Anon family groups. It's a great story how it came about. Uh, how did it happen? Well, um, most of my friends knew that I was uh, trying to, uh, was seeking angel stories, stories about angel happenings in their lives that they could only contribute to uh, an angel uh, or some, the unexplained happenings that that were good. So uh, somebody, one of my friends, sent a copy of my then manuscript to one of the publishers at, that it was a friend of his at Hazelden. And lo and behold, I got a phone call one day, and this publisher said, uh, Billy, I like your style of writing. Now, I don't have a place for an angel book at Hazleton. However, I am putting together a book called Women Pioneers in 12-Step Recovery, and I would love to have you uh, help with that. There are two other women that I have that will be authoring as well, would you be open to co-authoring with that? And, of course, I said I'd be delighted and ask him how we could do that. So he told me to turn in, uh, I think at the time it was tapes, and I may have had one or two CDs, but I blit mostly tapes, of people, women that I knew that had come in, of both AA and al that had come in before 19... 19- 54. That was the cutoff date. And I would send them in, and he would have them transcribed, which I was so grateful for because that was one of my problems with the angel book. Finally, um, our church, another licensed teacher's uh, secretary in her office uh, transcribed them for me and typed them out for me. And... Uh, of course, that was laborious and and uh, expensive. So I was grateful that when I got these transcripts back of the tapes, they were transcribed. They were in written form. And all I had to do was make a chapter out of it. So uh, that was wonderful. And then I, I told him how many hours it took. He, he told me what he sent my contract. I happened to see my contract last night. I was kind of going through some stuff. And uh, and I was to get so much for researching and so much for the actual writing an hour. And I sent it back to him. I sent the chapters back to him that were given me. And, uh, and I was happy to see that they were little changed when I got the book. So it was, it was fun and it was... Um, I, I could get in some uh, some wonderful women in that research, and and uh, people were giving me tapes of of people they knew about, and and it was a lovely experience. What were some of those early women like? What it must have taken courage as a woman in those days to get in recovery. Oh, I know. It must have. It must have. I was so inspired by when I find, I got the book and read read uh, those that I didn't know and know about. Uh, like just so many of the important women, like some of them were just good to the 12-step people, like Henrietta Cyberling and Sister Ignatius and, and of course, Lois Story and Ruth Hawk, Nell Wing. Uh, Sybil, C, Esther, oh, just so many of them. Uh, Geraldine, I, I, I've met some of them. I've met Lois. I've met uh, Geraldine. Uh, of course, I've met Marceline and Arbutus and Barbara. The Eddie Ford, Mary Jane Hanley. I got tickled at one of my friends in... Uh, California that we had gone to see to visit on the way to a, another conference. And I had brought her a copy of the book because I said, you know, this could interest you. And 
and it's been a labor of love that I've been involved in this last year. And she looked through and she said, oh, there's my sponsor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was really, really fun. It, it's just been a joy. My, I'm so grateful to Bill, and he's passed away now. Mm-hmm. So I won't be able to work with him anymore. But uh, he was um, he was wonderful to work with. If people would like a copy of that book, where can they get it? I suspect they have to um, look in a Hazelton catalog. I believe I've seen it in the Hazelton catalog. Okay, great. I think our the- church had a few for a while, but I think they've been bought up, and I'm not. I don't think they've been reordered. I've, I'm, I'm just not sure, to tell you the truth. It's it's not brand new, of course. Not, I haven't really been writing much lately. I might need to think, rethink that aspect of my life. It's just been been busy with other things. Great. And the other books that you wrote, you can uh, you let those be sold through the Unity Church of Dallas bookstore. And I know you do not get any funds for that. The funds all go to the church. So people, if they want your the book you wrote about angels or the book you wrote about uh, love and relationships, they can contact Unity of Dallas. They can look up the Unity of Dallas website and get those books through that bookstore. Exactly. Yeah. So I bet you've got another book in you. What do you want to write about? Well, my daughter has always been, I've been her biggest fan, and she has been very kind to me in saying that she's a fan of mine. And she said, Mom... You journal every day, and you've written stuff about journaling. You've written a lot about journaling. Why don't you get a meditation book out? I'll help you with it. Well, then she got busy and started having children, and and I kind of let it go. I, it's not that I don't. I still journal, but there's nothing that I think would be very interesting to other people. <laughs> So I just haven't really thought about it. That's the only idea that's come to me. You got an idea? We'll work on it, Anna. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. That sounds good. Yeah. Uh, what was Lois Wilson like? You met her, you say? Oh, she was feisty. She was feisty. I met her at uh, at one of the uh, 12-step internationals. And uh, I was introduced to her by... Uh, by somebody that knew her pretty well. And so she let was me, very... Let me say this. Lois was the co-founder of, Al, of uh, Al-Anon Family Groups and the wife of Bill Wilson, the co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous. Excuse right. me. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, she was very feisty, but she was very gracious uh, to me and to most people. I guess I really met her first in 1973 uh, where she was at a Texas State Conference. And uh, I was too... New in the program and too shy to go introduce myself to her at that time. I was got in the program in 1971 into the 12-step way. Anyway, uh, I met her at the uh, one of the luncheons, and then uh, we wanted her to come to another state uh, function when she was. Oh, 85 or 87, one of, getting up there a little bit. And she wrote back, well, yes, I'll be glad to, but you know I may be dead by then. I am, I think it was 87 or something. I think she lived to be, how old, 90, 92? She, she got on up. One of the sweetest stories about her that, uh, that I've heard is that uh, when she was in the hospital and they knew the time was getting close, one of the members from the AA World Service Office or workers from the AA World Service Office went to see her. And he said, Lois, I'm just so, we're so grateful for the work you have done. You have just helped millions of people and we are just so grateful and, and you've just helped so many people. And she had to pick up a pad and pencil because she had a, what do you call it, in her throat to help her breathe or help. Anyway, she couldn't talk. And she wrote, and so have you helped so many people. And she was talking, of course, from the, from the World Service office. And, and he wrote back, 
but he said, uh, he said, but you have really done the most. And she wrote back, not me, God. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Billy, thanks so much. This has been a great interview. Our time's up. We're going to have to go. But you have blessed us, uh, your generosity, and, and that you have lived this, lived this program and lived spirituality is just great. Thank you so I've much for coming. Blessed. Thank you yeah. for giving me the opportunity. God bless. Yeah, join us next week when Kevin F's going to be on and give it all you've got. And he's going to talk about if you do you have to redefine yourself as sick to be in recovery? What does well-being look like? He's going to talk with us about the paradoxes of being a person in recovery. God bless you in my prayers and uh, have a beautiful, joy-filled week. Tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. How's life working for you? Would it be okay with you if it got easier, simpler, yet more meaningful, more vibrant? Join Rev. Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for Spiritual Coaching, Creating a Vibrant Life. Each week, Carla visits with leading-edge coaches as they explore the sacred purpose and stunning results of this exciting and emerging coaching model. Together, they reveal the secrets and successes of this transformational process. Call in and join the discussion as Carla creates a safe and sacred space to dialogue about real life and real world transformations. That's Spiritual Coaching, Living a Vibrant Life with Reverend Carla McClellan. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Consider these inspirational thoughts from the Quest for Prayer from Unity House Books. Holding a special, loving thought for other people benefits us as much as it benefits them. In fact, in some ways, even more so. Consider, for example, what happens when you wash your car with a hose. What gets clean first? The inside of the hose, of course because the water must rush through the hose before it can clean the car. So it is when we hold loving thoughts for someone. As those loving thoughts rush through us, they bless us first. It is a win-win situation. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. 
they just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.